You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. It's very dark and it's way after. Thank you for joining me. It's been a, it's, it's been a pleasure. It's been lovely. And I'm, uh, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. Sometimes, sometimes you find it. Sometimes you don't. And that's fine. It's no big deal. It's not what you're here for. You're here because you want to hear what Tom from Reno has to say, and so do I. Hey, Ryan, this is Todd from Reno. Todd. I have a couple things to I say. I have Tom. Sorry. Uh, first thing was, as I was driving Sunday, listening to the Redskins radio broadcast, right. they said one thing that we've been begging for from the Packers. The Redskins, they had 26 attempt, rushing attempts at that time. Uh, they do a 27th attempt. He gets one yard. And they say, uh, London Fletcher was the uh, color commentator. And he said, just keep running that ball. Yeah. doesn't matter how many yards you get. They're getting tired. You yeah. can see how tired they are. We've been saying that all along. You've got to keep running it to get that defensive line tired. Then you can break through more. And by the way, Ron Rivera has lost only two games when they've rushed 30 times or more. Second thing is, let's talk about the white elephant in the room. Has anybody mentioned Aaron Rodgers' thumb injury? And I don't use injuries as an excuse. But you know, if Aaron Rodgers' thumb is, if he can grip the ball and he can't throw it accurately, he's got too much of an ego to say, let's, let me sit down or whatever. But he's not going to sit down. That's up to the coaches and for the medical staff to say, hey, your thumb is too bad. It's too swollen. Sit down. So, um, if that injury is the problem, and that's why he's playing terrible, um, it's not an excuse, but it is a reason. Yeah. So, and the other thing is, I think at the beginning of the year, it was you or other people that said, if we can hold them under 25 points, if the defense can hold them under 25 points, our offense should be able to win every game. Well, we've held them under what? We've held them under 30 for every game. We should be winning all these games just because our defense really is doing a halfway decent job. So, other than that, take it easy. Bye bye. 
Yeah, as far as the running point, I, I, I mean, we all agree we're all kind of on the same page, and I, and I think most of us, my, at least I'll, I guess I'll speak for myself, have come to the point where it just feels like we're too smart for our own good, you know? Um, and, and I'll acknowledge, you know, we, we got ourselves into some not fun situations uh, with penalties and everything else that makes it hard to run, but I think that's more of an excuse than anything because that isn't always the case. That's not that, that hasn't been the case in every single game that the only reason we ran Aaron Jones eight times is because we had penalties every drive, and so every time it was first and 20 and we didn't want to run. That's, a, that's an excuse we're employing after the fact of, of what has already been happening all year. So there, there's always a reason. There's always an excuse. And um, as you said, London Fletcher or whoever the, the announcer was, you know, again, it's, it's I know the temptation to stop is there. Don't do it. Well, well, you know, we're, we're behind. I don't stop. Well, you know, the, the, the defense that they're in is don't stop. Well, we're, there was a penalty, and now it's first and 15. and said, don't stop. There's always an excuse to stop and, and to abandon the run and to lean on the pass, especially when Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback. There's always that, that desire. You have to make a conscious effort to say, we're going to do it. If you don't do that, you, you'll always have excuses. There's never going to be an end to the excuses. Especially when we make it really easy because teams know coming in, if we do this, they'll stop running. That's simple. Don't let them do that. Don't give them an excuse and and don't make it easy on them. Same with first and 15. If you refuse to run because it's not ideal, you know, situation, and and we are so fast to get away from running the ball. We, we, I, I just looked at it. I don't know if I mentioned it or not, but fourth and one. Third or fourth and one. I think we've run the ball, I want to say five or six times. We've passed the ball eight times. With one yard to go, we pass the ball more than we run the ball. So again, don't give me the lame BS excuses. You want to pass, 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 no matter what. And again, there's, well, well, technically, it's more successful and technically and da, da, da. Dude, you're making it way too easy. If they know with 97% certainty on first and anything more than 10, you're going to pass, that makes it easy on them. You can't be so predictable, and you can't make it so easy on them to get you out of one entire phase of your game. That's Everybody talks about that all the time, making the other team one-dimensional, making the other team... We make ourselves one-dimensional. Oh, extra guy in the box. And that was our excuse the first portion of the year. The last two player teams we've played, they didn't stack the box. They all played too high. And everybody I've talked to, Coach Hawn, et cetera, they're saying, yeah, run the ball, dude. This is prime run-the-ball territory. What are we doing? Well, there's penalty. We're just going to pass. Fourth and one. We're going to run it here, right? Success rate with Aaron Rodgers is like 20%. Success rate with Aaron Jones is 100%. What do we do? We pass. Well, technically, it would have worked if he just catches the ball. Right, but that's the problem. What do you think, those times that it failed in the past, there was no reason? There's always a reason. Nobody got open, dropped the ball, bad pass. There's always a reason. That doesn't change anything. So, so again, it's, it's, it's a decision they have to make. And if they're waiting for every single time to, to end up in, you know, first and five, second and three, and, and third and absolutely no more than one, 
I, I looked at it. I think it's at third and three. Beyond, I don't, I don't know if it's three or four. They've never done it. So when you when you get to three yards, I think they they do not run the ball. Third and three, third and four, or fourth and and three. They will not do it. No chance. Automatic pass. So on on third down, you need to be within two yards. On second down, you sure as heck better be. I mean, if it's second and I, I should I should look it up. I'm curious. Because the first part was statistical. Now I'm going off based on, on how I feel, but I, I feel fairly confident, having watched the Packers all year, that if it's second and like let's say second and ten, they ain't gonna run the ball. They're behind the sticks, man. Yeah, so on second or third and ten, Aaron Jones has touched the ball seven times. Aaron Rodgers has thrown the ball forty-four times. That's not really making it hard on the other team to figure out what we're gonna do. Right? First and anything more than ten. Are we going to run or are we going to throw? I'm not saying we should run 50% of the time, but we sure, certainly should. I mean, it's, it's first and 11, first and 12, first and 13. I know there's probably not a lot of 11s, but anything more than 10. We've run the ball twice all season, and it was A.J. Dillon both times. It's averaging four yards, which is not terrible. Eight, eight yards on two attempts. You know what the funny thing is? You know what Aaron Rodgers' air yards are in those situations? Negative five yards. Every single one, basically, every single one of his passes behind behind the sticks, right? First and more than 10, we throw behind the line. So why don't we run it? We're basically running it anyway. I don't know. I, 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 I think that's a whole other issue is, is we are a very predictable team. We, we have developed a lot of patterns, and I understand we're a limited team. But if you're so scared of doing everything, so that it becomes obvious what we're about to do. B- bottom line, just as an experiment, next time you see us and it's first and more than 10, turn to the person next to you and bet them $5 that Rodgers is going to throw the ball behind the line of scrimmage. I, I might have just lost you $5, but the odds are very much in your favor. We're very predictable. If it's third down and three or more, you can bet that same person they're going to pass. And I, I was wrong about the the running thing. Um Third and three and four, they've attempted a couple different times. Third and five, they've even attempted once with A.J. Dillon. And just for the people saying, well, it's the NFL in 2020, nobody runs on third and five, that's 100,000% incorrect. Again, Aaron Jones, zero times, 51 running backs, 51 have run on third and five or more. Christian McCaffrey did it the most nine different times. Again, I understand that's not the, the most ideal thing to do. I'm just saying we, we, we just find excuses all the time to get away from it, no matter what. Anyways, I'm sorry. I, I just I went on a, went a little thing there, Todd. As far as Roger's thumb, um, yeah, I, I, the only thing that I know of for sure is Matt LaFleur had made a comment that they're doing less plays under center as a result of his thumb injury. And um, so, so there, you know, there might be less play action and things of that nature that, that could be happening. And I get what you're saying about the injury thing and the coaches possibly benching him. I, I just, you're right, Rodgers would never bench himself. And I think for that reason, the team isn't going to bench him either. I can't imagine they're going to go to Rodgers and say, hey, man, that, uh, that wasn't super great. Uh, your thumb bugging you or? No, nah, man, thumbs thumbs doing all right. I mean, it hurts a little bit, but I'm doing fine. Yeah, no, you're you're not a little bit. Well, Tom gave me my highest grade ever. Did he? That son of a gun. All right, well, we're going to go ahead and bench you. 
for Jordan Love. And, and by bench, I just mean you're hurt and want to let you rest up, bud. You know what I mean? Like, that's that ain't going to happen. If Rodgers says he's okay to throw, they're, they're going to let him do it. But, but yeah, no, I, I, I do think I have a hard time believing that it's not going to impact him in any way. The, the biggest issue I have with blaming it as sort of a, a blanket is that it, it seems as though this has been a progressive issue this year. Um, you know, I, I'd, I'd have to look specifically at the accuracy and, and if, if, and how much there was a drop off after the thumb injury, I don't know, but, um, yeah, I, I, in terms of how much does this team get better when his thumb heals? I don't think very much. Let's just leave it at that. And then, yeah, I, I don't think that was me that said that, but it's entirely possible as far as the 25 points, um, certainly was not accounting for the NFL as it is today, whereas 25 points, uh, if you can do that, you can win a lot of games. This year, with offenses not being able to score at all, uh, you might need to get that down to like 15, and then, then you can be guaranteed to win just, just about every game, maybe 75% of your games. So, yeah, I mean, the, 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 I get what people, some people are saying about the defense. Like, you, you can't criticize the defense because look at the points and all that. Yeah, but if you look at where they're ranked, they're not ranked very high. And the reason for that is everybody's defense is keeping other teams' offenses low because other teams' off. I mean, just look at who we played. We t- played Tampa. They cannot move the ball to save their lives. We played Chicago. They cannot move the ball to save their lives. We played the Jets, we played the Giants, we played uh, New England, who was notorious prior to the season for having just a garbage offense. So, you know, we, we haven't faced a powerhouse offense necessarily, and, and we're even, even at that, we're behind the sticks in terms of points allowed. Um, you know, again, if we had applied, we're, we're applying last year's standard to this year and saying our defense is doing great. And... Um, I think, again, if you look at where we rank, that's not necessarily true. And, and beyond that, if you just look at what we're seeing on the field, it's, it's really generally not true. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a supporter of the defense, but I, I, uh, there clearly are issues that still need to be rectified. There's no doubt about that in, in my mind. Maybe they get too much hate. That's entirely true. But now we're kind of talking... We got to get real specific, and I'm not exactly sure what what either of us. Maybe we're saying the same thing in two different ways at that point. But the offense, defense, special teams—they all need to be better if we're going to win games. That's all I know. Hi Ryan, it's uh, Nathan calling from London. Hey, um, just want to talk a bit about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, it seems he had quite a bit of time in the pocket, but then he also had no time because he just seemed to panic and rush everything. Yeah. And I'm just really confused because he puts up this real, like, cool guy persona, like he's a real chill dude. But then sometimes he's like the dog being chased with a vacuum cleaner. He just, <laughs> he just completely panics and doesn't That's... do. Like, is it a mental thing? See, now, I'm, I'm glad you said that because I've been saying that for months. And I'm, I'm, I'm saying it almost as a question, like, am I the only one that sees this? And again, you, you'd, you'd have to... Go back and, and rewatch it. But also, when you watch our defense, watch other quarterbacks. Their ability to stand in the pocket, and I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a source of major frustration for me, and, and I know a lot of Packer fans, when you see your defense just about to get him, and you're screaming like, get him, get him, get him, get him. And as he's getting hit, he launches this ball up in the air, and you're thinking, please no. And sure enough, there's a guy there, and he gets the ball there. Rodgers, it's it's just it's like he has the shot clock in his head 
or even if just somebody he sees out of the corner of his eye get behind him, he doesn't know if he's under pressure or not, but he just knows there's a good chance if that guy gets beat, I'm going to get hit. And he just starts to, he does the little foot shuffle, shuffle forward, shuffle back. You know, he drops his eyes and he's looking for a place to escape. It's like, dude, just relax. And you're right. He, he's got Mr. Mr. Chill, Mr. Cool. But yeah, he he's, I don't know. I, I have a hard time because, you know, you, you on one that you got to acknowledge his greatness and you got to acknowledge all these things he's done and all that. And there's no question there's, there's the intelligence factor. And, and we've seen, you know, at least a couple good throws, although at this point, you know, how, how many real highlight throws has he thrown compared to just any old Joe Schmo quarterback this year? I, I would assume it's uh, pretty on par with the, the low end of, of quarterbacks. But at the same time, every issue that I have with Rodgers this year in particular are things that seem so basic. They're, they're things that, I, 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 and I'll pose the question again, because I'd said it before, if, if, if the guy playing quarterback was Jordan Love, or if the guy playing quarterback was anybody but Rodgers, would they have any problem saying this guy's not going to hack it? If, if this was Jordan Love playing, he would be getting so much more crucified than he is. You know, less from some people that generally just hate him. But, but, but you know, the media and everything, because they don't want to cross into saying things like Rodgers can't do basic crap anymore because they they run the risk of getting crucified. Like, how dare you say that about Rodgers? But, I mean, it's like, am I the only one seeing he's not going through progressions? That he keys, he knows who he's throwing to before the snap and keys in on that one guy and throws it to him, whether he's covered or not. Most of the time they are covered and then we have to blame the receivers for not getting open. Like th- this is this is stuff that's like a major red flag for college quarterbacks. Like if you don't go through your progressions, you're not even a first round pick. You know, again, panicking in the pocket and, and your ability to play in the pocket and your accuracy is, is a major component and, and your accuracy on deep passes and, and your all these all the basics. And again, I you know, if you if you put Rodgers in a room with a bunch of quarterbacks and gave them a test on, you know, defenses and offenses and schemes. And I, I would have no problem putting my money on Rodgers doing it. But, but it just seems like at this point, him standing in the pocket and playing as a quarterback, there's, there's issues that are so basic that I'm looking at going, this is the guy that we've been cheering for for over a decade. This is the same guy that was, that was the, the greatest quarterback in, in the NFL. This is the guy. This is the guy I watched last year who won MVP. Because, I'm again, I'm watching a guy force-feed Alan Lazard when he's got another guy wide open because he doesn't go to his second read. This is a guy who has Sammy Watkins running down the field wide open but decides, instead of taking that clear option, which, it, which seems to me to be a basic read, he throws to the guy that, that is being covered, and, and, of course, it doesn't get caught. So... I, you know, again, I'm, I'm not a, a quarterback whisperer or a quarterback guru, but that's kind of the problem. If I can identify the issues, you know, people on Twitter and stuff, they're all like, oh, the mechanics are off and this and that. And maybe I can look at that and be like, yeah, that looked off. But I can't tell you what 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 exactly, you know, the arm angle or what. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not talking about that. I don't know about that. Maybe his, his arm angle is wonderful, you know. <laughs> But I know what it looks like when a guy stares down a receiver from the moment it, the ball gets snapped. And it's one thing if the guy's open and, and you hit him, it's like, well, then why go to your second read? But if he's not open and you pull the trigger without going to your next read and you do that through an entire game, I'm pretty sure that's a big problem. 
And again, the only quarterback I've seen, including Tom Brady, who's also old and immobile and has taken a lot of hit and is probably a little feeble, that dude will stand there with, with people all around him. I'm talking about this pocket has collapsed to within centimeters. He's got about seven hands that are, that are grazing his jersey, and he'll stand there with his eyes down the field and deliver a throw. Rodgers will have a clean pocket and starts to panic. So, I, I, again, I, I hope I'm not putting these thoughts in your head and you're just independently seeing this because I, I just, it's, I'm, I'm watching it and I'm going, every other guy is doing something that is impressive and our guy doesn't do it. And, it's, and, and I'm not saying he hasn't thrown the ball while he's taken hits. There, there have been a couple times, but I, I just, I don't know. And, and, and I think it ties into what I was saying before about things just not going well. He doesn't trust his receivers. He doesn't trust his offensive line. But, you know, I, 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 I can sympathize only to a point where I look at him and go, yeah, that must suck. But at the same time, dude, you got to have to, you kind of just have to sack up and do it, you know? Like, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I'm supposed to sit here and go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. It's fine if you want to panic and make terrible decisions um, because, uh, you know, granted, your, your offensive line isn't great. No, I, you, you don't get to do that. You don't. You you came back because you wanted to play quarterback, and now you have to do that. So I don't I don't know. He just is he scared of getting hurt? You know, I'm seeing Taylor Heineke with you know a 300 pound guy in his face, and right. he just doesn't seem pleased. Right. Yeah, Rogers can see someone remotely close to him and just completely panic. I don't. Right. Know. he didn't get it. I know he's old, but it just it confuses me. Um. Another thing about Rodgers that's really starting to grate me at the moment is you see him waving his arms, rolling his eyes, which is a real sign of contempt, by the way. Um, you know, he's cussing out his teammates. He's looking frustrated. And then there's a break in play, and you see him with you know, Washington players smiling and laughing. And it's like, these guys aren't your friends. You know, this is a, yeah. this is a battle. This is a war. And you're there smiling and laughing with them and rolling your eyes at your teammates. And... I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's just how he is, and maybe that's the accepted thing. You know, I'm fine if he's friends with them after the game, but come on, man, you're not playing well, and you're smiling and laughing with what's essentially your enemy for the day, and yeah, it's just it's really starting to get to me. So, would be interested to hear your thoughts on it. And yeah, hope you're well. Great pack going. Yeah, I feel like that's becoming. A little bit more of a, a common modern thing in general is like being friends with your opponent on the field. But Rodgers definitely is is that way a lot more than than he had been in the past. Um, and I, you know, I don't know. It's it's hard to it's hard to go at him too hard for that, I guess. But but you do make a good point. He he doesn't do that with his teammates. He does that with the opponents. You know, somebody hits him and he'll get up and he'll make a joke with them and they'll laugh together. And, you know, I, he does, again, he's, he's not doing, and then, you know, I, I had even made the comment when we got a penalty and, and I'm probably wrong or whatever, but Stokes shoved a guy out of bounds. And, and, and at that point I said, I'm not even mad at that penalty because at least somebody's showing a little bit of passion out there. At least somebody is looking at the opponent and saying, I freaking hate this guy. Good, good. Now, you know, do it during the play before the whistle would be ideal, but Good. Let's let's get a little bit more anger and passion and and hatred. And if you know if you want to go over and high five after, you're right. 
And, and you know, yeah, it is, it is that contrast. It's not just that you're buddy-buddy with the opponent. It's also that you're more buddy-buddy with them than, than your own guys. And, and, and again, the, the problem with the eye-rolling and all that is I mean, you're, you're, you're part of the issue. And what, what would happen if one of the wide receivers came back and, and started doing that to him after a throw? He wouldn't take it very well. And there are plenty of complaints that could be had. You know, what, what would be the reaction if Romeo Dobbs came back to the huddle and was like, gee, it sure be nice if you throw a good ball sometime this, you know, this century. I don't think that'd be received very well. Or, or just in general, if he's over there just throwing up his hands and rolling his eyes and talking to the opponent like, dude, this guy freaking sucks. Well, that's what you do to them. And you're the guy that's been there forever. You're the guy that should know better. You're not a rookie. You don't, you, you, I don't know. Again, it, it, that stuff doesn't generally bother me as much, but, but you are making good points on that. It also doesn't really jive with me with the whole manifestation thing. Like, you're not allowed to talk negatively after the game about the next opponent. Well, you're doing that after every single play, screaming and swearing at the sideline, at your coach, at, your, at, at the other players. How does that jive with your whole thing of, of not saying negative things, but instead saying positive things? Do you actually do, have you, have you done that on the sideline? I mean, there are people that don't even believe in that, but just as being a quarterback, that's what they do. We got this, you know, they're clapping their hands and doing the whole Russell Wilson, like, let's go, let's go. We got this. We're okay. Are you positive manifesting up and down the sideline? Because it sounds like that's something you say because you like it and it sounds good after the game, but during the game, you're just a different dude. I'm just curious because I'm, I'm just saying. I don't care either way because I think that's all kind of silly, but it is kind of annoying, especially when you're snipping at a guy about the words that he uses. Because, again, dude, you are the king of putting everybody down on the field that doesn't do exactly what you want. So maybe they get to be negative too, or is that not... Okay, we can't. That's fine. And, and again, if they were winning, fine. You know what I mean? I, I love when Rodgers has fun on the field when they're winning. But, you know, when, when you're getting your teeth kicked in and the biggest problem with your team is guys are really not showing up with any amount of energy and they don't seem to care or whatever, yeah, the last thing I want to see is, is you or anybody else walking up and high-fiving or helping a guy up or whatever. Like, dude, this is the whole problem. It's a mentality coming into this game. It's, it's your entire mindset coming into this that we're going to kill these guys. They're doing it to you. You know, it was, it, it was kind of embarrassing that, that time Rodgers tried to throw a block to Zadarius and Zadarius annihilated him. And Rodgers tries to go over and, you know, it seemed like Rodgers was trying to be jokey buddy-buddy with him. And Zadarius just gave him a look like, I ain't your friend, you know? Like, yeah, do that again. I'm going to hit you again. It's kind of awkward. Because then Rodgers kind of like pivoted from, <laughs> that was a good one to like, yeah, no, I'll, I'll do that again. That thing where you hit me real good. Keep it up. I don't know. It, it just, it would be nice to just have them have more of a, we're going to carve you up mentality as opposed to like, we're just here for fun. You know, we're, we're just trying to have a good time. There's, there's more to, there's more to competition than winning. You know what I mean? I mean, it's not, is everything about winning for you? Like, geez. Hey, Steve up in Alaska, man. How you doing? Good, you? I am catching up on some of your uh, your programming. All right. Yeah. Real quick, I'm not going to run this the whole time, which, by the way, three minutes is very short when you really want to get into what you're saying. You I'm should sorry. know that yourself. I'm sorry. You do like an hour my, and a half. Anyway. It's not my call. Getting mad at me like I limit you. You can call back. It's it's Google has a three-minute thing on here. I go, oh, my gosh, where'd the hour and a half go? But... <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, it's true. Uh, uh, 
big thing to understand with with the Aaron Rodgers thing is we've been really spoiled. 30 years of Hall of Fame quarterback. Yep. Not every team that wins a championship has a first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback. Right. It, it, it just isn't always that. It, hey, you know, you can look at our history and you can say that. In our history, that's been the deal, but not every team has that. And we have to look on going on and the Rogers contract, and if we got to suffer and suck it up, which I agree with you, it was a bad contract. I thought it was a bad contract when we signed it. I've been upset with Rogers like 10 years worth of being upset with Rogers because he never takes the lesser money. Yeah, just, just I'll, I'll put myself out there. I, I, I'm always very contract conscious, and I've been very opposed to what we're doing with the contracts, but but I've kind of resigned myself to, okay, we're in a window. I guess we'll take advantage of it while we can, and so I, I kind of just dealt with it. But but again, I'm, I'm, I was okay with signing him because I thought we were going to get the same thing but better, and I've been proven wrong, and I should have stuck to my guns and just said, no, take care of the contract, build for the future, and let that take care of you. Um, lesson learned, right? And and again, we 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 may turn it around. I, I you know don't want to one hundred percent give up on the season. Maybe we'll turn it around. But but I just just I'm just saying I you were right and I was wrong. I I was happy it got done and ready to move on. And who knows? We get three more hey, three more years. We we gotta win a Super Bowl in three years, right? Well, now it's like well we suck, and then he's gonna retire, and this was a disaster. Always takes the most money. So, you know, I'll tell you what, we have to deal with what we got to deal with, but we got to let the guy go. We got to get over this. Let the guy go, move on to the next guy. Just like we had to figure out what to do with Brett. All right, man, it's late. Let you go. I'm not going to run the full three minutes. Take it easy. Bye. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to let the season play out. Uh, I've, I've laid out my issues with the team in general. I've laid out my issues specifically with Aaron Rodgers, which differ slightly. I thought maybe it was a preparation thing with Rodgers. I don't necessarily think that anymore. I don't know. Um, just just based on how things are going, I, I don't necessarily think that's it. And and maybe, maybe it's both. Maybe he's not really preparing, but he doesn't really need to because he's Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. But the point is, it's, it's a separate issue, but it's still an issue. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't want to put too much blame on Rodgers for our problems, but it is un deniable to me at this point that we are at a net negative value for Aaron Rodgers and that I cannot imagine that anybody would even argue that we are not you know the only way to build a team is to get the maximum amount of value for your dollar because we we are we have a salary cap every team can only spend so much money so you need to spend your money wisely if you overspend, you hurt your team because it's a zero-sum game. For every dollar you spend here, you have to spend a dollar less somewhere else. And so you need to maximize your dollars. And when your biggest contract, which is massive, has such a minimal impact, such that guys who are making... I mean, Geno Smith, you want to talk about an area of, of maximal value. Geno Smith is one of the best quarterbacks in football this year, which I said that that was a fluke after week one, and it's still a thing somehow. What is that guy getting paid? Like 40 bucks a game? In fact, I, I, I can give you a definitive answer on this. 
Over the Cap has a thing called NFL Player Valuation. For this exact reason, what they look at is, is what's called value over APY. Let me just read this little blurb for you. Over the Cap's player valuations are calculated using proprietary formulas to more accurately depict the value being provided by a player based on his uh, on-field performance relative to the current market for his position. The calculations utilize a number of statistics and performance evaluations that are provided by Pro Football Focus. Positional valuations use a number of factors including snap counts, PFF grades, and statistics to determine the player's primary valuation. So we try our best, and it's obviously not going to be a perfect system, but it's not going to be way off either. They're, they're creating a general value for this person. Then what they do is they compare that value to your contract value, and they say, are we getting, how much value are we getting from you? We, we assign a dollar amount based on your value, and then we look at the actual contract. So we have value over APY. So the most valuable player in the entire NFL right now is Jalen Hurts. He is playing at a positional value of $45 million. His play is, is that good. He's worth $45 million, and they're paying him $1.5 million, which is a net positive value for the Eagles. You want to know why they're doing so well? This is a big part of it. A net positive value of $44 million. Geno Smith is number two. Lamar is number three. Basically, these are quarterbacks on low to rookie contracts that are providing a lot of value. What about on the other end of the spectrum? Well, the worst is Dak Prescott, who's injured, obviously, based on what he's produced. An injury is a part of it. Dak Prescott, based on what he's produced, largely because of injury, has produced a value of $1.875 million, and his current APY is $40 million, for a net negative for the Cowboys of $38.125 million. Next is TJ Watt, again, injured. Then Joey Bosa, again, injured. Then Russell Wilson, who is garbage. They're saying that his overall value he has provided this season is about $27.8 million, and he has an APY of $49 million for a net negative of $21 million. You know who's next after that is Aaron Rodgers. According to this, he's providing a value of $29.735 million. Now, he's still valuable. There's no question about it. But the point is, we have a net negative of $20 million. They have his APY at $50.271667 million. And we're getting $29 million out of him. By the way, Jair Alexander is also on this list. He's just a few down from that. Um, he's He has been injured, but also just the overall value they're saying so far we've gotten four point about 4.6 million dollars worth of value out of them and we're paying him 21 million dollars for a net negative of 16.4 million dollars overall as a team right now one two three four five the packers have the sixth lowest value over apy in the nfl that is to say what kind of production we're getting based on what we're paying. Sixth lowest, Panthers, Titans, Dolphins, Saints, and Rams are dead last. So to your point, you, you, don't need, you, you do need a good quarterback. So I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say that we, we should, you know, if we just throw Jordan Love in there, we'll be fine. You need a good quarterback. But you don't need, like, Pat Mahomes. You don't need it to be the best quarterback in football. That is true. But even beyond that, we don't have an Aaron Rodgers right now. We don't have a Pat Mahomes. We don't have a whatever. The 2021, 2020, 2019 Aaron Rodgers, poof, vanish. I don't know where he went. 
again, maybe it comes back. Maybe it's just his thumbs a little tweaked up and he'll be fine. He'll start going through his progressions. He'll start throwing the ball more accurately. He'll start making better decisions on who to throw to when he has options between throwing to the guy who's covered and the guy who's open. Hey, Steve again. I wasn't going to call back, but again, I'm listening to your show. And you got in going with the October 24th show. Okay. You guys, you're going in about, you know, the money and Rodgers and how we're supposed to do and what we got to do with the guy and should we keep it. I'm with you. It's, it's a conundrum that's hard to deal with. But I'm always going to, I've been looking at this for years. The guy takes all the money. He's always taking all the money. He's never given the team a friendly deal. And I know we try to talk about this current deal as a friendly deal, but it's not now. It's, it's not at all. It's, it's- yeah, I've always said I, I didn't understand the deal. And, and the other thing that I've, I've said and will continue to say is we, we will not know how much this contract is worth until he leaves because it changes depending on when he leaves, gets traded, whatever. At that point, we will have a valuation of how much we lost on a per-year basis or whatever. Um, but I, I don't really know that there's any way to look at this as team friendly, just based on any time you look at it, you just think, oh crap, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, I, I don't think there's a, a, a good situation for us. Um, maybe I'm wrong again. We, we won't know until we're out of it. Um, as of right now, Rogers cap hit is 28.5 million. So based on that, we're getting what we paid for, I guess. Which, uh, I guess, good. Well, this is funny. There's an art. This is on Spot Track. This is a different uh, thing. There's an article that they have here that just popped up. When you go to Aaron Rodgers, struggles of recently extended quarterbacks. Eight veteran quarterbacks were handed contract extensions prior to the 2022 regular season, and all eight of those quarterbacks are currently underproducing, per their career standards. Our dive into their numbers. So again, completely different numbers site over the cap compared to spot track. Here's what they say. Aaron Rodgers is number one signed a three-year $150.8 million extension to remain with the Packers. Uh, this past March Rodgers and the Packers are off to a three and four start with a tough Buffalo matchup waiting for them this weekend. Rodgers is posting a six year uh, posting six year lows in many of the passing categories to start the year, including 228 yards per game, 94.3 rating, six fumbles and 26 and a 26 touchdown pace. A damage-throwing hand-thumb hand thumb, can certainly be factored in, but this is an offense with very little cohesion right now contractually. The two sides will have to be 100% committed to each other at the end of the season in order to proceed as is. A $58.3 million option bonus is set to hit the books five days into the 2023 waiver period, setting up a boatload of dead cap for the Packers no matter how long this thing ends. The same can be said in 2024 when a $47 million option bonus will kick in. Um, so anyways, that's interesting enough. But anyways, I, 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 what I'm saying is, for right now, all I know is tw- is, is $28.5 million. That's all I know so far. We'll see how this thing ends and how much we end up getting impacted. But from what I've seen, it's not going to end super great. It's not going to be as bad as a lot of people are making it out to be. But it's uh, I've already seen that. Whereas, you know, you look at the doom and gloom people and then... Uh, you go. Somebody wrote an article recently about the uh, the options that are there, and you look at it and go, "Yeah, that's." I mean, it sucks, but it's it's doable. It's holding us with a rope around our necks because how do we get rid of it? It's it, it's always been Rogers getting Rogers money. 
he's never given a little bit back to us so we can get more. Everybody talked about us getting players. How do we get players? Why don't we get players? Well, we get some money, but we can't afford to pay for them because why? Our quarterback has taken the most money. It's always been a crush. Been second biggest downside other than not being a motivator. I'm gonna let it go. I could, I could rant on for another 20 minutes because it's, yeah, it's just a craziness and it drives me nuts. And we, I think like the rest of the Packer fans, we all need to get to the other side. We're, you know, the end of the Brett Favre and the Aaron Rodgers era. We need to go on to a new guy. One last thing. You mentioned about the fact that you've never seen what it was like to have to deal with the, the bad times. I was born in 74. I remember the 80s. And it sucks, but if we got to do a little bit of the 80s to get ourselves out of this, I can deal with that. We need to get away from this. Get ourselves some fresh air and go on. Man, talking too long again. Hey, bud, take it easy. Thanks for your time. Glad you let me talk on your show. Absolutely, man. Anytime. Um, yeah, I, I, I've never really gone the route of expecting him to take a pay cut because it's such a rare thing. I know Brady did it. Um, never really looked fully into that, but as my understanding that he was very, very often taken. Um, I don't, I don't know what the right word is, but, but not necessarily getting everything he could, you know, he could, he could have very easily gotten the next big deal. And, and he never really did that. I know Aaron Jones might've, uh, shaved off a couple million in order to stay here, potentially, is is my understanding. But generally, guys are are looking out for number one, and I and I can't I can't hate them for that. I mean, you know, th- there are podcasters who, um, you know, John Meerdink, for example, will not put ads on his podcast because he he says it you know demeans the product or whatever. I give him a lot of credit, man, because I mean, there's there's money being left on the table for him. He's He's got a, I'm, I'm sure, a, a, a relatively big audience, similar to the one I have, I would assume. And if he simply just made the decision to accept advertisers, there's a there's a pile of change just sitting there. Point is, I'm, I'm the guy making the decision that I'll take the money as opposed to putting out a better uh, product for people so that they don't have to, you know, skip through ads, which I know you guys don't do that. You listen to the whole thing. You don't push the skip 30 second thing until the ads are done. Nobody does that. That's not a thing, right? Right, guys? So, I don't know. I I, uh, I, I, I get it. I mean, if you've earned top quarterback money, you get top quarterback money. Um, I don't think you have the right to complain about not having proper free agents when, when you know, you're sucking up 20% of the cap or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I've, I've just always had a hard time complaining about guys maximizing their their earnings you know what I mean they he earned it he got to be the number one quarterback in football and there you go but yeah I don't, I don't want to hear a freaking word about about free agents <laughs> like at all anyways I don't think we've taken a break so why don't we do that patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy fertilegroundranch.org if you'd like to uh, support them that would be greatly appreciated 608-501-0718 is the number to call if you want to call in and Voice your feelings. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. 
We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, Ryan, it's Garrett. Hey, Garrett. Hey, uh, I wanted to be the first one to cast my vote for this year's MVP uh, for Aaron Rodgers. All right. Uh, most valuable pathetic passer, most valuable princess, most valuable punk. Um, I think I'll stop right there before you have to bleep me. But right now, man, I love the guy. Don't get me wrong. But this year has just been... Uh, just, it's been pathetic. He's acted like a punk, and sometimes he acts like a princess out there. I mean, it, it's just unbelievable. I mean, there are people calling him out on it for his body language, for what he's saying on the field. He's not acting like a leader. He's getting paid $50 million to act like this. I mean, it's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable, and it's getting old. And I know people are calling for Jordan to come out and play, and I'm like, you know what? After what Carolina did to Tampa Bay, I'm beginning to wonder. I'm beginning to wonder, you know, the commanders beat us. You know, Carolina beat Tampa Bay. It is starting to show that, man, maybe a team has, has lost faith in Rodgers. I'm just beginning to question everything. I'm out. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I I feel like I've I've kind of touched on this. I, I don't want to 
I don't want to bash Rogers too much just because I've done that a lot already. And that, that seems to be the tone of the episode today. <laughs> and I, uh, and I, I don't really know. I wouldn't be surprised if that was true. I know Sammy Watkins came out and he's like, oh yeah, he's fine and all that stuff. But I, I don't know what's going on behind closed doors. And you know, we, we've, we've got a history of people coming out and saying, no, he's not a good teammate. Just as many as we have saying, yes, he is. So I, I'm sure that's the dynamic in, in the locker room now. Some people like his style of leadership and think he's a great friend and other people think he's a D-bag. You know, I don't know. That's how it is with everybody. Some people are, you know, just very likable. Other people, it's kind of a hit or miss. You know, either you love him or you hate him. And I think that's, I think that's Rogers. But again, my, my, my general stance right now is everything is off, including Rogers. And the attitude thing has always been there. So that just is what it is. I just want to see this turn around. You know, I mean, Rodgers isn't going to be here for very much longer. I, I, I get that. And he's, he's, I, I, there's not going to be a change at quarterback. I'm quite positive of that. And so the, the biggest thing for me is I, I want to know that we have a team beyond this and beyond Rodgers. Right? This is much bigger than Aaron Rodgers. This is Jair Alexander, Elton Jenkins, Rashawn Gary, Kenny Clark, Darnell Savage, Josh Myers, John Runyon, Devontae Wyatt, Quay Walker, Eric Stokes, A.J. Dillon. There are a lot of really young, talented players that at this point I'm looking at going, ah, I hope that we weren't wrong. I hope that when we decide Aaron Jones needs to go, we're not stuck with a guy that's really not great in A.J. Dillon. I'm worried, you know, we haven't seen Dobbs do anything since, what, week two? Aside from like one or two catches, you know, eh, I mean, I know he's a rookie, but it's like, well, all right, maybe, maybe that's not a thing. Maybe it is. I don't know. I mean, who, who is it right now? I feel massively comfortable with it. That's, that's a young guy that let's just say, I mean, we'll remove Kenny from the equation. Who's a young guy that hasn't gotten a contract yet that you're building a team around Rashawn. That's it. Who, who are the guys prior to this year? You would have said you could build a team around dude, Jair. For sure, Stokes seems super promising. Elton Jenkins is a lock. Duh. Two years ago, we probably would have said Savage, right? And now we look at it and go, I mean, Rashawn is about it. He's, he's it for our... And, and I don't want to be that team that has like one good player. That's, those are the worst teams in football. Every terrible team has that one good pass rusher because they get a top five pick and they get a Joey Bosa and then they go on to suck. Well, not Joey Bosa, but... You know, that's the 49ers because they had those like three years of getting top five picks and then they got their quarterback back and they're like, all right, never mind, we're good again. Oh, also we have these top players. Anyways, yeah, the, you know, the Jets had Darrell Revis. Yeah, but the Jets suck. I know, but they got, they got Revis. You know, Texans have Watt. So what? He's, they suck. Yeah, but they got Watt. I know it's had. I'm, I'm talking in the past. You don't want to be that team that's got like a guy or a couple guys, but overall as a team, they suck. That's my concern. Forget 2020, forget Aaron Rodgers. 2020 likely is not going to be a good year. Rodgers is likely not going to be here very much longer at all. I'm curious about the next five years. What do we have? That's what I want to see turn around. Well, is Rodgers going to get better? I don't know, dude. I don't care. Is Elton Jenkins going to figure it out? Because that, that is our probably our long-term left tackle. That is our David Bakhtiari replacement. That is another however many years of just dominant tackle play that suddenly turned into a guy that is our worst offensive lineman. This is a massive problem. Jair is our Darrell Revis. 
He is our Richard Sherman. And all of a sudden, it's like, nah, maybe he's like top 30. No, 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 no. He's got the intelligence. He's got the athleticism. He's got the tenacity and the attitude. Like, he's the dude. We know it. We saw it. Like, don't, don't even do this to me. Nah, he's not that good. Stokes? Nah. Somehow worse than he was as a rookie. Like, no, don't, don't do this to me. That's my issue. I want to see all of this turn around. And yeah, Rodgers is a part of it. Because finding a replacement quarterback is such a, a small part of the equation at this point. As big of a piece of, of any equation as that is, are we dropping a quarterback in a really good system and a really good team? Or are we dropping a garbage quarterback on a garbage team? To me, that is the absolute biggest question as far as the future is concerned. I know, you know, 70% of fans are like, why are you talking about that? I only care about right now, but I don't. I, I, I can lift my head up and glance into the future for a second and go, oh, crap. And that's what I'm seeing right now. So I want to see the guys that are our future. You know, I, I want the oh, crap of the future to be, oh, crap, how are we going to pay all these guys? How are we going to pay Jair and Rashawn and all these guys big-time money? Like, you know, Jair obviously got his already. But, but you know, can we pay Rashawn and, and Elton and, and everybody? I want that to be our issue, not... We got money for days, dude. I don't, we ain't paying nobody. One last thing. Where's Jersey Mike? I've been waiting for him to call in to let us know what the bleep he said during the game, because I'd really love to know. <laughs> you guys are hilarious, man. I swear. You know, first of all, you guys get on a theme. You know, it's, it's as if you call and coordinate all this stuff beforehand. You want to know who our next caller is? It's Jersey Mike. Hey, Pack Daddy, it's Jersey Mike. So I was uh, just just taking some time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know what happened. It's not like he, you know, the, the, the dog got out and he hung up and went to go beat his dog or something. I don't know. Anyways, he called back a second later, but that was hilarious. Hey, Pack Daddy, this is Jersey Mike again. Sorry, my wife was interrupting me while I was trying to... Uh... <laughs> give you this uh, rundown. So I was at the game uh, this past weekend, and after after watching the game, you know, taking some time to really think about my thoughts and where I was going to come from, um, I got hit with the bottom trouble again today with Roger going on the McAfee show, not taking accountability for his actions and his horrible play and saying that, you know, if people aren't going to play well or whatever it is that they don't, they don't deserve to get the reps. So is he talking about himself there? Like, uh, are, are we talking about some introspective where, you know, we take accountability for our actions, we go up in front of the team and say, you know what, this is on me? No, obviously not. So so here's here's what Matt LeFleur needs to do. First, he needs to bench Aaron Rodgers publicly and say that we are no longer going to allow public comments that negatively impact the team. Um, regarding regarding our personnel. Number two, you are not allowed to show up on the Pat McAfee show until you show that you are capable of actually, you know, leading this football team. Until those two things are accomplished, Jordan Love is going to be the person starting every single week. That, that's what Matt LaFleur needs to do. You know, put his foot on the ground and say, you know what, Rodgers, you had your time to shine, you had your fun, this is it, end of story. I, I, I mean, I don't know what else. I don't know what else can be done. You want to see these guys have heart? Start holding the number one person accountable. 
You start holding Miss Diva accountable for his actions, and I promise you when the defense goes out on that field, they're going to keep putting in that work. They're going to keep grinding because they know their coach has their back, and they don't have to go out there for number 12, Sissy Pants, who's going to b- about everybody next week. Just want to hear your thoughts on that. Thanks. Bye. I, I think I get where people are coming from with the accountability thing because obviously he's not talking about himself. And obviously he should be. He he clearly had somebody else or a couple other people in mind when he said that. Um, the only reason it didn't bother me is because I think he's right, and I, and I think you, in a sense, think he's right because you just said he should be benched, right? So I, I not not that you're saying he should have said it. That's a separate issue. But you, the point is he's correct. If you play like crap, you don't get to play. So, you know, and and again, from what he said, and I believe it to be true, this isn't anything that he wouldn't say to to any of the 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 players and the teammates and everything else. Um, I I think Rodgers is kind of doing what you said Lafleur needs to do to Rodgers, right? Not just the benching part, but publicly calling him out. Um, so I I I don't I don't disagree with Rodgers going out and saying, you know. Just, just I, I don't. I, again, it is, it is difficult because you do have to include yourself in this. And I will say, when he's talking about mistakes, he doesn't seem to want to talk about himself. Uh, I know he's, I know he's made mention of not playing right. You know, he's, he'll say things like, "I missed some throws," but when he's specifically talking about making mental errors, I don't think he really is talking about himself very often. It seems, again, like he's got a couple people in mind. And and I mentioned on the podcast uh, today, tomorrow, tomorrow maybe? I think it is tomorrow. I was going to say, you guys have already heard me comment on this. It's largely what I'm talking about tomorrow. And my, my, my general sentiment is I don't, I don't care. The comments don't really bother me a ton. Just because I, I just think there's, there's bigger stuff to worry about. And I think at this point, we're kind of just... We're, we're adding to what we already think. You know, if we're already fed up with Rodgers, this is just another thing to really stoke that flame. And I think that's a lot of what's going on. People are fed up with him, his attitude, as well as the way he's playing. You know, I mean, if you want to have an attitude as, as an elite player, fine. If you want to show up and, and put out that pedestrian performance you've done this year and then have an attitude and then trash your teammate on, on public television or, or national YouTube channel, then I got a problem. And I, I guess I can see that, but I don't know. It, it didn't bother me very much. Just, again, because he's right. Because that's what I've been saying since forever. I mean, he, he publicly called out Royce. Not by name, but he 100% mentioned Royce as one of the guys that, if you suck, you, don't, you shouldn't be playing. And I know that because he, he, he talked about that and, and then said, we have done that with the offensive line. And I think a little thing went off in his head, and he was like, oh, wait, Royce is the only guy that we pulled off the line. So he immediately mentioned the other guys that they shuffled. He's like, well, we've already done with the offensive line. We, uh, I mean, we, you know, we we moved Elton to left guard, and we moved uh, John to to right guard, and and you know stuff like that. No, dude, Royce is what you're talking about because you you just said if you're making too many mistakes, you shouldn't play, and Royce is the one guy that isn't there anymore. But I mean, I, I, again, I think everybody agrees with what he's saying. I just think some people are upset because they feel like Rogers should either include himself in that or should should be the one to get benched. I, I don't know. Regardless, he's right. If you're going to continue to play like crap, you shouldn't play. 
And whoever it is that's doing it, I mean, as long as that's the standard and we want to keep it consistent, I don't think anyone should, should or does disagree with that. In fact, I, I think it's one of the few things we all do agree on. So let's just, let's just agree on it, you know? I don't know. Wow! What a weekend. This is uh, Nico from Ho Ho Ho. Um, North Pole? So yeah, that was fun. You know, um, and I have literally zigzagged into every possible outcome in my brain. You know, keep everyone, keep trying to make it work, uh, dump everyone, yeah. rebuild from new. At least everybody offensively. I think in the defense, we have a lot of core stuff. Good. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of in the same boat in terms of I'm willing to in- entertain everything. I'm not taking a super hard stance on any one thing because I think there's a lot of validity to to everything, and I've settled into let's just ride it out because I don't think we get a ton of benefit from cutting everybody. So even if there's like a 5% chance we turn it around, let's just see what happens. But at the same time, if if the conclusion of the team, which I know it never would be, is let's just stop and move in a different direction, I'd probably more or less just go, yeah, it makes sense. You know, it would not be like a devastating, you've got to be kidding me. It's just kind of, all right, well, that sucks. But, yeah, we gave it a good run. That's about it. Um, Get rid of the coaches. Keep the coaches. You know, dump. Offensively, you know, dump Fox, Jones, and uh, Rogers. Get whatever we can get for them and, you know, pick up. But then I'm like, you know, you're right. I mean, rebuild it to what we have now and – Expect it to be better. Um, it is. It is like everyone has said. Gosh, just such a crazy, weird thing. I've never seen anything like this. Um, and I kind of, I'm kind of on with a lot of people. Hey, you know what? Now the pressure of the playoffs is gone, so I can just enjoy yeah. the individual games. Like I watch, I still football from my balcony because I enjoy it. So, um, the one thing I think that is, I don't know if anyone said this, is I think it's. I, weirdly, yes, I am a freaking Pollyanna. I think positive about stuff. Um, uh, I think the fact that it went. So am I the only jerk that didn't know what Pollyanna was? Is that what we're saying now? I'm, I'm okay. That's fine. That's fine. So bad, so fast. I think the possibility of it getting better fast is also there. Um, yeah. Because yeah, I mean Rogers, he. He, he cannot go from a two-time MVP to where now he only throws to people that are blanketed with coverage and can't find the open guy. I don't I don't get that. Right. Um. You know, um, Matt Lafleur every week. Yeah, we should run the ball more. Well, then run it more. You kind of have the keys in your hand, bro. You got the steering wheel. Yeah. So, uh, I don't really have any wise, cool thing to say. Um. Other than uh, I did talk to a Lions fan today at work, and I tell you. It was interesting getting a little fresh perspective. Remember that movie where the rats cooked all the food? And the, the big uh, <clears throat> ratatouille? The food critic comes in and says, I want some perspective. I think we need some perspective. I think we as Pac fans have been really unfortunate the last 30 years. And I know some of the younger fans, I think, are a little too unrealistic in their expectations, you know? Um, I remember just being in, uh, enjoying that my team won eight games because, wow, that was awesome. So I think we need some perspective, and maybe we'll get some. I mean, we could do a fire sale and suck for five years. That's true. Um, guess that'll weed out the non-fans. Uh, I will still follow this team, and uh, let's just pray for a miracle, I guess. Bro. Uh, so, yeah, hey, there we go. Go, Pecto. Yeah, I, I agree that, that, you know, this team has a unique 
potential to turn things around. Um, but at the same time, it also feels like an impossible thing. I, you know, again, on one hand, we have the talent, and all they have to do is stop making so many mistakes. On the other hand, I don't trust that they're just going to magically do that. You know what I mean? It's it's like if if like I said or will say I think on the podcast tomorrow. It's it's the most obvious thing that needs to change. I, I talked earlier as though you'd already heard it, but I think it was tomorrow's podcast. So what essentially I was saying is the mistakes are the number one issue on this team. And if we can go from 15 mistakes a game down to five mistakes, which is what Aaron Rodgers talked about, we used to have maybe four or five-ish uh, issues or, or, or lapses a game, and now we're double digits every week. I really think that's that's the difference. And it's, it doesn't make you a perfect team. There's still going to be bad calls from from the you know from from Matt Lafleur and from Joe Barry. There's still going to be you know uh, whatever. There's still going to be issues. There's still lack of talent here, there, or the other. And 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 I'm not saying that that's enough for us to necessarily beat Buffalo, but it, it it's enough for us to reclaim our spot as a top five, at least top ten team. But what are the odds that that happens? I mean, the the problem is I don't know why it happened. That's the biggest thing. It's it's. It's so easy to look at and go, yeah, if you just do this, and Rodgers, I think, has his own category of things that he needs to 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 be better at. But it's it's the biggest question is why did it happen to begin with? And and what confidence do I have that whatever the root cause is is going to disappear magically when it hasn't already? Why are the penalties gonna stop? Why are the drops gonna stop? Why is the in, the inaccurate passes gonna stop? Why are the blown blocks gonna stop? You know, forgetting how to set an edge randomly and a run goes for 24 yards. Why, why, why did it happen? Start with that, and then we can start to talk about why we think it will not happen anymore. So, so again, I'm, I'm really torn because on one hand, it's like, dude, even when I'm watching the game, it's like, this is a good football team. Like, I'm seeing a lot of really good stuff, especially on defense. It's mostly this team is dominant with, with the unfortunate, you know, third or fourth play where somebody one guy makes a mistake or whatever or just misses by inches and they end up getting a big play and it's it feels like your defense sucks but on a and on a person to person play to play basis it's like man these guys are good at football offense maybe not quite as much but you know you can see it and it's so easy to look and just say I think they're going to figure it out I I really and I even said this I was more encouraged watching this game than the last one just because of the, the the leaps from the offensive line, from guys like Quay, from guys like Devondre, you got the pick six. You you see the the aggression from Razul, especially. Um, a lot of really Preston, I thought had a phenomenal game. A um, lot of really good things to to feel good about. But they're still making all the mistakes, and and I don't know why I would believe magically that it's just going to get better. And that's that's the thing. It's it's we have to stop making so many mistakes. Well, are you going to do it? Well, I don't know. Do you think they're going to do it? Well, why why would they? I don't I I don't know. Hey, you know, screw football for a minute. Okay. Have you you? I'm sure you've seen all those videos of people doing that reverse steer rib uh, thing. Yeah. You know, I tried it. Oh my gosh. You yeah. You just smoked that. You don't. It don't take long. You smoke the rib for like. Like half an hour to like internal temperature is yeah. like 120. Then you let it rest for like 10 minutes. Then you sear it on, you know, best on a grill. Yeah. For like on high for like 60 seconds aside. We're in a pan, the Kevstar pan for like 60 seconds. 
uh, super high, and then just plate that sucker and cut it. It is amazing. It'll make every bad day good. I just had to throw it out there because I tried that. Been watching this for a couple of years, and I finally tried it on my little electric smoker. Holy guacamole, best steak I ever made. Yes. And I even overcooked it. So, uh, yeah, that's my new favorite thing. So uh, try that sometime. It'll make you feel better. Yeah, Thanks, re- reverse sear is the way to do it. I mean, for for most, um, you know, cuts like that, steak, pork chops, whatever, reverse sear is, is the way you want to do it. So the way the reason, for those that don't know, Typically what you do is you would sear it and then, you know, you watch Gordon Ramsay, you sear it on both sides and then you stick it in the oven or whatever. Uh, and then you cook it up to that internal temperature. It's it's, just, it's a similar thing because you want the sear, which gives it great flavor. It's the Maillard reaction. It, when when the, the you sear the outside, there's like hundreds or thousands of compounds that, that come out, salts and sugars and everything else that give it like this really awesome flavor. Um so you want that, but but you also want to make sure that the internal temperature is is exactly what you want it to be. You don't want to overshoot it, but you also want it to be consistently that that pink color or whatever you're shooting for from from top to bottom as much as is possible. So you want to cook that on a low temperature. So the two ways you could do it, and, and the way that I thought made the most sense was sear it first, then put it in the oven, because then when you hit the internal temperature, you pull it, and that's, you know, I mean, it'll carry over a little bit, but that makes more sense. Rather than let's cook it to the internal temperature and then sear it, and then who knows how high that temperature is going to end up. But the thought behind it is if you sear it, you're you're blasting this with a massive amount of energy. And after the fact, that sear on the outside is going to put it at a really high temperature on the outside, and it's going to continue to cook through. So even as you've got it in a low oven or smoking it on the grill, if you sear it first, you're going to have that gray. There's The thick band of gray is going to be thicker because, again, you already seared it, and now you're allowing that, that external temperature to cook its way down. So you're going to have a, a, a band of gray and then a little bit more of a taper to the color you want on uh, all the way through. If you reverse sear it, you've got from end to end a perfect, let's say, medium rare. And then if you sear it, again, it, it might carry over a little bit or whatever, but you sear it, you pull it, and if you want, you, I know you, people say let it rest for 10 minutes. You don't have to do that. You can cut right into it while it's hot. Um, and it's you're going to get a perfect end-to-end temperature that you want with the sear. It's a beautiful thing. The, the, the honest best way to do it, to make sure that you absolutely do get that, is sous vide and then sear. Um, that that is it takes some of the sport out of it, some of the fun out of it, but that is the scientific, um, scientifically the absolute best way to cook a steak or a pork chop or whatever is, is sous vide and then and then just sear it or put it on the grill or whatever. And then, like you said, with the, with the cast iron, I actually found that that is a really good way to do it for a couple reasons. Um, number one, one of the one of the negatives of just throwing it over the flame is the flame is so wildly inconsistent. The temperature from side to side, and if the flame kisses it or doesn't, it, it can start to char it. And, and if you just take a cast iron pan like I have, and I've got a big one, but I've also got a giant Weber grill, and you throw it over there, then I've got one of those little laser light uh, thermometers, the infrared or whatever, so you can you can see the temperature, and it's more consistent. So you get that up to 500 degrees or whatever you want it to be, you slap it on there, you get the sear, you know, uh, 30 seconds aside, minute aside, whatever it is, I don't know, and uh, you're good to go. So... Yeah, that is, if you haven't done it and you've heard about it or whatever, that's the only way you should be 
doing stuff like that is is reverse searing. Smoke it low and slow until you get too close to that temperature, then sear it, pull it, eat it. It's good to go. Hey, Ryan, it's Craig from Indiana. I hey. uh, just got done watching the uh, Rogers on McAfee. I think between that and his press conferences, uh, it's really brutal. So um, I know I probably should just stop, um, but I can't. So um, it's just, just really showing some poor leadership from him, uh, throwing so much blame on other people. So, and I think the words he used was, you know, they're – they're dropping too many or they dropped a lot. And I had a couple bad passes, couple implies two. Um, And I know you're going to do the breakdown, um, but I would bet that there were more uncatchable balls than there were drops in the game. Let me, um, let me see what SIS said. I, I didn't count it out, but I would be curious for myself. I know I said I wanted to do that, but I have not. So um, according to this 35 dropbacks, 35 attempts, 31 were catchable, so four of his passes were completely uncatchable. 27 were on target, so that would be three plus five. Eight of his passes were not where they should have been. 23 of them were completed, which would mean um, at the most of the on-target passes, four of them were not caught. Now, it's entirely possible that some of those were catchable as opposed to on-target, so probably uh, less of those were actually not caught or whatever, but but yeah, that, that overall for the week would put Aaron Rodgers 8th as far as on-target passes. Passes beyond the line of scrimmage, it would put him 11th, 81% of his passes. In fact, let me go back to his totals here real quick. Because again, if it's, if it's at or... I should, I should put it at 5 yards or more, but he only had 24 attempts at 0 yards or more. 14 of those 24 were completed. 20 of them were catchable. 17 were on target. 17 of 24. Rodgers with uh, attempts five yards or more beyond the line of scrimmage. He had 13 attempts, uh, 75% were on target, which would be 13th. So, you know, we're not talking bottom five in the NFL, but for a guy that I've always personally regarded as, as pretty accurate, it's a little surprising to see so many just completely, you know, burned into the ground. Or just entirely uncatchable, you know. And and you know th- there are passes like the ones the one to Romeo Dobbs that would that you know hit his shoelaces. Technically, that's considered a pro- I would assume a catchable pass. But you still look at that and go, dude, that sucked. What are you doing? But anyways, you had wanted to know were there more uncatchable balls or drops? So they put down four uncatchable balls. I think there were four drops. They had five drops, so it's close. <laughs> it's. Between, between uh, we're talking nine passes, nine passes not converted because of being completely uncatchable or dropped. And I can't tell necessarily whether or not these passes were the on-target passes or not. I'm, I, I would guess, you know, some, some of the drops are they just hit you right in the chest and you dropped it. Some of them, like I said, with the Dobbs thing, I have a hard time putting that on Dobbs as, as, a, as a drop. And, and maybe they didn't, I don't know, because they have it down for two. And it was the first fourth down play and the one that, that hit him kind of in the hands. One of them, obviously, they didn't put on Dobbs. But to your point, it's, it's pretty close to 50-50 between bad passes. I mean, completely uncatchable, not just off, off target. Completely uncatchable passes compared to drops. In the game. Um, and they talked about benching people who aren't performing. Does that include him? I, I would guess he's not including himself in that, but right. he certainly has had his 
their mistakes. Um, and and the disappointing thing, and I've defended him for a long time, even as leadership, uh, when people say, hey, why isn't he, you know, um, you know, kind of building the team up, or why isn't he on the sidelines talking to his receivers instead of sitting on the bench all frustrated, and people will say, well, that's not his style. But good leaders adapt to the situation. Yeah. They flex their style with what they're facing, um, even if it's outside their kind of normal way of leading. Um, and so, again, the definition of insanity, uh, keep leading like you're leading and expect uh, different results. Maybe you need to, uh, to flex your style a little bit and, um, and, and help get the team uh, moving forward. So he implied he might do some of that on McAfee, but it sounded more like, I don't know, the impression I got is scolding or kicking him in versus uh, any, any kind of encouragement. That doesn't mean you can't hold people accountable. He certainly should do that. But uh, I certainly hope he starts doing that for himself. Anyway, just my thoughts. Um, keep up the good work. Take care. Bye. Yeah, and and again, I don't want to circle back on this too many times. I mean, you you certainly can. I just I've I've made my thoughts kind of clear. I, I will say that was a good point about about leadership, though, because that's always kind of been my my thought. Is you know I wish he was different, but that's just not his thing. But you know, leadership, like anything else, is a skill. It's it's a sign. It's not you know. Well, I lead the way I want to lead. No, there's there are it's 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 a science. You know, there there, it's something tangible that we have studied and and we know. You know, and the, as much as Rogers is a leader and or a, a excuse me a reader, and you know he's, he reads all these books on bettering yourself or whatever other kind of books he's he's reading. If he were to pick up a, a pile of leadership books and try to grow in that area, I don't think that that would be a terrible thing. You know, I mean, it's it's like any other skill. And you could say, I don't want to. I, I'm comfortable with what I do and how I do it, and I feel like my style of style of leadership is, is fine. Well, that's also to say that there's nowhere in which you can grow, and it's clearly an area that you've never tried to really grow. I think it's an area that you feel that, you know, that again, this is my style, this is how I do it, and it, it is sufficient. Well, have you explored that? I mean, with with the standing you have in society, you could call up some of the professional leadership guys. I'm sure John C. Maxwell would be happy to hop on a flight and come hang out with you. You know, I mean, you you can go hang out on. You, you like doing podcasts? Go on Jocko's podcast. He'll talk to you about leadership. You could have him come talk to the team. I, I'm sure he'd be more than happy to do those things. You know, Simon Sinek. I mean, these, these guys are out there. If nothing else, read their books. You don't think it'll help the team? I'm I'm just saying. I mean, you know, again, we're we're talking about what are actionable steps that could be taken to really help that are not massive. I mean, people read. I've read leadership books. I've read read. I'm talking, you know, audiobooks, but at least two different John C. Maxwell books on leadership, and I think like two others. I don't remember exactly who wrote them, but just because I want to, just because I find it interesting. Because occasionally there's a nugget in there that that's, I don't know, interesting. I just want to know. You know, the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership is, is like a 101 book. Has he read it? Has he tried to apply it? And again, these guys would be happy to come hang out with you. Talk to the team. Talk to you. Or is this another area where I feel like I don't need that? Just like I don't need training camp because I'm good enough. I have everything I need. I already know all of that. Again, I'm not even picking on it because I hadn't even thought of that until you said it. 
I'm just saying this this is a simple and at this point in his career maybe maybe not but something that could have happened you know in this previous offseason or any at any point in his career to say you know I acknowledge that I'm not much of a leader that's not my thing I you know I lead by example or whatever but I think it would help the team if I developed that part of myself Devontae just came out with a video talking about how great it was to play with Rodgers and how you know you just kind of felt his intensity, and when he was there, you wanted to play better because you knew he held like a really high standard. So people already look up to you in that regard. With you doing nothing other than just you know giving people dirty looks for not doing stuff because you hold a high standard, imagine the impact you could have if you really, really develop that part of yourself. And you, you're all about self-development anyways. Again, we're, we're, we're talking about things that are not worth talking about because at this point, I don't think that that's a thing. But but I'm just saying that that is a good point, and I think for anybody that's that's a quarterback or or just in general, if you if you're in a locker room, you know Rogers talked about Dallin Levitt stepped up and and made a speech. You know you have the ability. You know Rashawn Gary and all these guys. You work on your body. You work on everything else. You work on your mind. This would be a good area to develop. Matt Lafleur, one billion trillion percent. You need to devour as much as you can about leadership and figure this out more so than than understanding the bills playbook you need to figure out how to motivate your guy because your issue is not a schematic issue right now it's not so again i the comments didn't bug me so much but i do understand the perspective of how that would look when when you are seemingly removing yourself from a problem that you are a big part of and and, and you know again he he did say you know, he chuckled about uh, the good grade and all that. But but it's still, you know, look, the bottom line is, even if we're going to sit with this perspective that anybody calling in saying that, you know, they're wrong. Okay, well, if, if a major part of the fan base perceived his comments a certain way, what are the odds that zero people in that locker room perceived it that way? I know we heard from like two guys that said that they agree. Whether they do or not is, is, is still in question. But let's just say that what they were saying is 100% true. You're telling me that there are zero people in that locker room that have a different opinion, that have their own opinion, that said, I don't like that he said that. It's entirely possible. Despite, I mean, imagine if you're Romeo Dobbs and it feels like those, those comments are going toward you because, you know, when he talks about these things, he, he kind of interjects comments about rookies a lot which seem to come out of left field unless that's what's in the back of his mind when he's talking about guys that keep making mistakes. If you're Romeo Dobbs and you're, you're getting heat now and, you, and it feels like the, the quarterback might be pushing for you to sit on the bench, all the while his throws to you suck and you're wide open half the game and he doesn't throw to you because he's not looking at you, maybe you're getting a little annoyed by that. Like, dude, screw this guy. It's possible. And if that is the case, does that lead to and, and foster a negative environment? Maybe I don't know. Maybe it's a positive thing. Maybe it's a maybe it's a kick in the butt for for guys. I don't know. Not in the locker room. All all I know is from my perspective, he's right. Whether or not he should have said it, I don't know. I guess we'll find out. We'll see if guys get motivated or continue to shrink into themselves and and atomize and say, you know what? If you're going to be all about you, I'm going to be all about me. And you know, you blame me, I'll blame you. And that's just how we're going to do things. I don't know. I don't know how these things pan out. You know, it's, it's like when Rogers talked about uh, the run the table thing. He said, I, I, I didn't expect it to turn into what it did. It just did. You never know how these these comments are going to be received and how that's going to transpire. You know, how did we get where we are now? 
Was it certain comments? Was it certain decisions made in the offseason that materialized? Does it have something to do with the whole Zadarius thing or or the the Devontae thing? Or, you know, who knows what kind of ripple effects started and, 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 and ended to get us to where we are now because we're all sitting here going, how did this happen? Well, a bunch of stuff did happen to get us here, and who knows what it was, but I know the intention wasn't to end up here. Comments, actions, behaviors, whatever, it got us here. So I don't know. It didn't bother me so much. The, the, the thing that bothers me the most with Rodgers is when he has this sort of attitude that anybody who doesn't, you know, believe in us, they're stupid, they're... Blah, 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 blah. You know, he says that on one side of his mouth, and then later he's like, well, yeah, I completely understand why you would be not okay with the team, but it's like, come on, man. You know, to, to have this sort of you-don't-understand-football-if-you-think-we're-a-bad-team attitude, the condescending debaggery of that is like, dude, shut up. Don't pull that card. Yeah, I know you know more football than I do, but you can't tell me that I'm not seeing what I'm seeing simply because you know more football than I do. I'm allowed to say that I see what I see watch you throw a football at a guy five yards away at his shoelaces, and you're going to pull the you-don't-know-ball card, you can go ahead and shove it. You know, it just, it's, it's just as... Even if it's not that, it's kind of the I'm better than you attitude. I, I don't act that way. I don't, I don't over... That's what fans do. You know, you guys overreact. You guys act stupid. I'm very calm and collected. Dude, I watched you swear at your coach on the sideline when you're messing up. You threw a bad pass and then screamed at Matt LaFleur, what the F are we doing? Don't, you, you don't need to lecture me about my attitude and my demeanor and, and the fact that I'm frustrated that you guys suck and you, just because you don't want to admit it. Which, by the way, that, that, the main, when he was doing that the most was prior to Washington. Like, oh, you guys don't believe it. You want to give up. Oh, you guys are stupid. Burr, burr, burr. And then they lose to Washington. It's like, okay, you want to revisit that thing where, where we don't believe in you and and we're overreacting crybabies, and, and you guys are mature, grown adults that are just going to go back to work and fix this thing because you know the truth that you're awesome and we're a bunch of overreacting, pouting babies. You want to revisit that one after losing to Washington? Don't condescend to me, dude. I'm allowed to watch a team play like crap and then say, wow, they played like crap. And if you don't want people to say you played like crap, maybe you could play better. But unfortunately, part of the deal is When you suck, you're going to have to own it. You're going to have to take a few on the chin and not go up on the Pat McAfee show and just chuckle and be like, (laughs) yeah, I know that's what the fans do. I know that's what the media does. But that's not what I do. Because I know the truth. And I'm not an emotional child. Don't do that. I'm I'm trying to be with you, man. Trying. Just don't do that one thing. That's all I'm asking. Other people have different demands. Those, Those are mine. If you play bad, don't condescend to me. As though I didn't just watch you play bad and give me the old, you just don't really know thing. Anyways, I should probably wrap this up. You guys have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a great one. Bye-bye.